This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. We've got Kathy Clugston coming in. Kathy, who's very recognisable voice you might have heard. Yeah, you might know her better as Posh Radio 4 Lady. From Radio 1. Yeah. If you listen to Radio 1, you'll know her as Posh Radio 4 Lady. If you listen to Radio 4, you'll know her as Kathy Cluxton, <laughs> the newsreader and continuity announcer and the generally lovely, lovely person. Soft Irish accent that she has. Um, I've put a few things on the internet. Um, you use Audio Boo, don't you? Well, I do. I've noticed this about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I just use the site. I don't have an iPhone. Yeah. So I but you can upload directly yes, from the website. Yes, you can, and it's really, really fast. You I'm must s- be one of the only newsreaders and continuity announcers on Radio 4 who uses Audio Boo. Really? Neil Sleep does. Does he? Yes, he, he is posted on there. He's put little um, interviews and things about Radio 4 wow. and signs from his garden. Oh, okay. yeah, so you I stand look for, corrected. Yeah, you want to look for Neil's uh, Audio Booze. Uh, one time on Twitter, um, Neil and I were having a bit of a discussion about theme tunes. When Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who started, and he was mm-hmm. a moan, he's a great Doctor Who fan, and he was very against the new arrangement of the theme tune. So that led to a discussion in general about theme tunes. And anyway, at some point, something was said about, oh, well, you should just do that on your ukulele then, you know, or something like that. So I thought, <laughs> oh, okay. I did it in about five or six parts because it's a very <laughs> complex arrangement. <laughs> We said, oh, what about the archers? You have to do the archers. So I did it in a few parts because it's easy to strum it and then add the tune later. It's much easier. So it's like... <laughs> so I did that, but I, I can try and play it. Should we make some words? <laughs> to do it in several parts. (laughs) So we should say, for anyone who hasn't yet uh, recognised your voice, and I expect that most of our listeners will know who you are, Cathy is the second newsreader and uh, continuity announcer Mm -hmm. that we've had on Shift Run Stop. Indeed. Um, We had Zeb in, I think it was episode 16. That was uh, Zeb Yeah, I think it was. So we had Zeb in episode 16, and Cathy works um, alongside Zeb, and also you do a few extra programmes that Zeb doesn't do. So you do the... Day program, I and, do, and some world service, and some Radio One. Oh, you do. You, you're yes. on Scott Mills. I am. Where you're known as PR4L. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> and just very occasionally, I get somebody will sort of somebody that's working at Radio Four, a studio manager, an engineer will suddenly go, "Oh my God, you're the boss Radio Four <laughs> They nearly die of joy. It's funny. It's really funny. <laughs> and um, often I have people who kind of are very meh about Radio 4 the night or whatever, and if they, when they find out that I'm the posh Radio 4 lady, it just makes their day. It's extraordinary. And the other place that people might have heard you is if they own a TomTom. Mm. Because I've got oh, one of these in my amazing. car. this is amazing. I love yeah. this fact. <laughs> I, set, I set my TomTom up to be the Irish female voice, mm. thinking, that's usually a nice voice. That'll be nicer than the default one. Mm. And it is. <laughs> and it's Cathy Clarkson. <laughs> 
It's amazing. It is. Although that was done such a long time ago. It was, a, it was recorded about five years ago in mm. Holland. I used to live in the Netherlands. Oh. And Tom Tom are based there. And I, oh, I, I, can't, I can't remember how it came about, but they asked me to go in and do a demo, I thought. <laughs> um, so it sounds really odd, don't you think? It's really... I don't know, it's very heavily treated, so to yes. me it doesn't sound like me at all. I no, it think. doesn't sound like you being in the car. No. But you can tell it's you. Oh, I mean, I it's horrified. not difficult to, to spot, oh, that's Cathy. It was sort of, it was very like, Whoa, really sort of, turn left. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? I was just like, it's, what are you doing? It's Shut bre- up. It's breathy, Cathy, rather, than, breathy, yeah. rather than informal Cathy. It's a little bit too breathy, I think. But anyway, <laughs> it was done a long time ago, what can I say? And so when you're being the posh Radio 4 lady mm. for Scott Mills, um, is, is there a, are you, are you doing an impersonation of yourself for that? Are you putting on... On, you know, a part of your voice that you yeah, you slightly. I just slightly posh it up a bit. I mean, I don't. I decided not to go completely posh mm-hmm. because I'm just not, and I couldn't sustain it really. But I just, I think the whole point of it is just reading it in the way, in which, uh, an exaggerated way in which things are read on Radio Four or might have been in the past, <laughs> which is just where the humour is because obviously people are writing in text speak and using young people's words <laughs> and, uh, and the humour just as in reading them as if they're a news bulletin, you know. And that's, yeah. that's so what is it that you comes. actually read? What sort of things do they well, send in? they send in all sorts of stuff. They, mm. um, it's basically, a lot of it's just sort of text, just very quick text messages to Scott, which you can barely work out what, what they're on about. <laughs> um, there are quite a lot of in-jokes, so there'll be some quite extensive messages, you know, yeah. quite long letters that people have emailed in about what they're doing and how it relates to the show and everything. And sometimes they send in song lyrics, which mm. I've had to read. And you, did, you did Lady Gaga's <laughs> yeah. telephone, yeah. <laughs> which was brilliant. Well, they did a brilliant editing job on that because somebody random again. It's quite random, and that's a bit. The, the show's very like that. They really go on whims and, and just you know go with the flow. And somebody, I think Scott had been talking about Lady Gaga and saying that he would love to sing along, but he can't work out what she's singing. And wouldn't it be nice to know what the lyrics were? <laughs> and that led to somebody just post just emailing in the lyrics. No hello, no nothing. Just emailed him the lyrics. So then that arrived in my inbox. So I read them out, and then they they added it in with the music, and it does sound hilarious. It sounds really funny. Everyone has been asking for it. Kind of busy. Kind of busy. Sorry, I cannot hear you. I'm kind of busy. Just a second. It's my favourite song they're going to play. And I cannot text you with a drink in my hand, eh? You should have made some plans with me. You knew that I was free. And now you won't stop calling me. I'm kind of busy. Stop calling, stop calling. I don't want to think anymore. I left my head and my heart on the dance floor. Stop calling, stop calling. I don't want to talk anymore. I left my head and my heart on the dance floor. Stop telephoning me. I'm busy. So you get some quite odd requests or just people saying, can the posh really for did he say? And it's some kind of... It's a good laugh. And lots of pronouncing the smileys. And, you know, are you given tips on that? or No, I just did that because I thought, well, how do you say what what that is <laughs> because it was just you know it's a semicolon and a bracket so I just I don't know I just said one the first time I think just said winking smiley and then it just <laughs> people write that now <laughs> winking smiley so it's quite funny it's funny yeah it's funny how it's sort of taken off and of course we ended up in Edinburgh last year um, doing a musical which was the most extraordinary thing through that show because they again I think somebody made a joke about writing a musical about Scott Mills and they thought well that's a good idea let's write a musical so they wrote a musical and we took it to Edinburgh they wrote me a little part in it and we went to Edinburgh last summer and did three nights at the Pleasance (laughs) so there I was singing a song in the Edinburgh Festival extraordinary
if you will go spelling it with an E. Right, you think it should be an A? Well, I don't or know a... what it should be. I mean, <laughs> no, if I was going to, you know, sit on a panel and, uh, mm. and help judge how your name should be spelled, L-A-Y-L-A would be, that's the Eric yeah. Clapton way. Yeah, I like the idea that there might one day be a court hearing where a, a panel of people will decide. We will get to sit down and be... choose. Yeah. No, I think Layla L-E-I is fine. That's lovely. It's fine. It's nice to have an unusual name. But um, Johnston, yeah. with a T in the middle, yeah. that's just confusing. And right. it's got an E on the end as well, is not it? No. Oh. No, that, that's why it's even more confusing. Oh, bloody hell. Because Johnson and Johnstone are different, the most different common, the most common variations. Doesn't even, that's not even Johnstone. a name. You it's very common Johnstone. in Scotland. If you go out to Scotland, lots of Johnstones. Do you have your own tartan? But I'm not Johnstone, I'm Johnston, you see. Oh, of course. Okay, right. But so Johnstone. John and even more confusingly, Johnstone is pronounced Johnston. <laughs> um, yeah, I do have my own tartan, actually. Thanks for asking. Without so the E. You have the without the E tartan as well as the with the E no, tartan. No, no, I'm nothing to do with the with the E. It's different names. <laughs> I'm assuming that the with the E tartan exists They have a tartan well. too, yeah. Right, but you, there is a tartan for there's Johnston. A jo- it's a very, very Johnston well... with no E. Yes, very respectful, well-established tartan. It's a nice one as well. It's not one, of these, of it. not one of these horrible, like gaudy purple ones it's a nice nice green and blue one um have you got a kilt yeah i've got i haven't got a kilt um i might have had in my life i don't know do women wear kilts yeah okay yeah i think i just associate the kilt with the male leg mm. <laughs> but maybe women no, I know what you're saying. maybe women have trousers oh that would be good like wouldn't a complete it? switch yeah <laughs> tartan trousers yeah maybe um you'd have to call them something scottish like Trousers or um... trousers is definitely the Scottish for trousers, isn't it? So Johnston Scottish as well. Yes, right. And it's from a place in Scotland called Johnston. Uh-huh. Yeah, not far from the borders, I think. So you can see signs that it might be up Scotland. And there's the stun suffix on on words in Scotland. Is that off? Johnstown. Johnstown. That yeah. one. I could believe that. What's um, where's Reynolds from? Reynolds is. Mm, Unlike you, I don't have a, a rich sense of my heritage. <laughs> I was just going to ask, in the in the context of talking about names, whether you know the meaning of your name. Rue is, as you might have guessed, short for Andrew. Uh-huh. And Andrew means manly. Is that true? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then David is my middle name, which I believe means beloved. Ah, oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, so that's that's me. Layla, do you know? Mm. Layla means... Darkness. <laughs> Darkness. Yes. Lovely. It's the dark. Why would you have a name that not? Why would you have a name that means darkness? But why would anybody create a name or, or mm. invent a name or give meaning to a name? Well, the story so behind it is that well, it's from the Arabic for night, nighttime, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, and my middle name is Estelle, which means star. So I'm like the star of the night or something. Wow, which is quite sweet. you're a night star. And I only learnt this during Islam at A level in the A-level philosophy or something, there's a, a significant story in the history of Islam where um, Muhammad has a long, dark night of the soul kind of Ooh. situation and it's called something like the Layla Dalizur and it's almost exactly like my name. Wow. It's L-A-I, I think. So, um, yeah, so it's like the, cool. the night, which is, which is quite nice in a way. And how far back up your family do you have to go, up your family tree mm. or down your family tree, I suppose? Depend, it depends whether it's the roots <laughs> yeah, or the branches. Did you climb the tree or did you... <laughs> How far back in your family history do you have to go before you get to um, Islamic people? Well, as far as I know, there aren't any. It's just... Somebody's it's just made just this a, up. It's just a middle-class exoticism. It's <laughs> something my parents made up because they thought that it was... Uh, that they wanted me to be 
different in some way. Not worked. fit in ever. <laughs> it definitely worked. Nobody knows how to say it or spell it. Yeah. But, you know, Rue, that's quite different. Never met another Rue. Haven't you? No. Most you? people I know have, have either heard of or met another Rue or sometimes Drew. Sometimes people know a Drew. Like D R E W. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a name I would say. Yeah, that's a name. I like to think common. of it as much more common. Yeah. Yeah. It started when I was at uni and my then girlfriend, now wife, didn't want me to be called Andy. Right. So a lot of people were trying to abbreviate mm. Andrew down to Andy and that doesn't that's not really what I'm known as, I don't feel comfortable as an Andy. Mm. And so she uh, decided that I was going to be Rue. And in the first week she spelled it R E W and then it morphed over time. Mm. Somehow. I don't know how or when, but it became R O. Are there any high-profile ruse? Are there any famous ruse? There's a there's a uh, character in Winnie the Pooh. Oh, obviously, yeah. So a lot of people yeah. think that I've named myself after that, <laughs> or just after the concept of kangaroos. Like a lot of people will assume that I'm Australian and I've called myself Roo after my favourite animal, which is just <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> So, Kathy Clugston, I'm pronouncing that right. You are. It's always good to check, because Layla has a go at me for missing the T out of her name. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. It's not a silent T in Johnson. We were talking about this. But I'm quite interested in, uh, in the consonants in Kathy's surname. <laughs> 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 because so I we th- think the interview I might thought, be about that. I thought, that's fine. Might, well, I thought it might be Clugston, and then, uh, and then I noticed there was a T in it. I thought, oh, that's like my no. name, Johnson. Because there's good. a lot of Alan Johnstons around. Uh, yes. Reporters, politicians, and yes. others, and you have to be careful that you get the right Johnson or Johnston because making all the difference. I was telling Rue earlier that Johnston with an e on the end is pronounced Johnston the same as my name. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have? I mean, when you're pronouncing things on the news, how do you know things like that, or do you just guess? You, yeah, <laughs> uh, you don't know always. Um, mm. Quite often, you can look them up. We have uh-huh. a very secret resource. Right. Um, well, a database, basically, uh, that the pronunciation unit, which does still exist, it's much diminished now, oh, but wow. it's a few hardy souls, but they, um, there's a sort of an intranet site which we can l- look up mm-hmm. specific names. Um, so, But you might not be in there, so I might yeah. look up Johnson looking for you, <laughs> yeah. and you're not actually there. There'll be Alan Johnston, there'll be you know other Johnsons, but you mightn't be there, so I have to sort of on balance decide... Right. Do I go with Johnston? Mm. Um, obviously, if I have time, I'll I'll ring Rue and say, mm-hmm. you know, what do you know how, how to pronounce your name? So you sort of do as much Don't as you ask can. Rue. He doesn't know. I get wrong every time. <laughs> at least we could blame him if it all goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, so you, you sort of use it, the resources that you think whatever you can if you, in the time you've got. Mm-hmm. So if we've time, you look it up. If it's not there, sometimes you just Google. I sometimes Google people mm-hmm. and see if there's anything, any mm. clue or a bit of a video clip or something. Oh, wow. So you use what yeah. you can. But often, I mean, names that come up regularly mm. are in our system. So. How did you cope with the um, volcano? Luckily for me, I was actually at uh, World Service. I also do some shifts there a couple of weeks before it made the domestic news because it was rumbling away. So I did have to say it once on World Service before I had to say it on Radio 4. And um, I had a Finnish colleague on ah, who was able to advise... Wow, a Finnish colleague who knows enough about Iceland. He knew, enough, he knew more than any of the rest of us did, so he was able to advise and us. And would you care to have a stab at it now? <laughs> yeah. I know that's very yeah. unfair without you know, it's right. I, I, my, my, my attempt at it would be Eyjafjallajökull, 
Yeah, nice Icelandic lilt to it. Actually. Well, it's been on. There's a lot of resource now because there's lots of people on YouTube and whatever all saying it and singing songs about it and everything else. But apparently, Thomas Schaffernacker was on the weather the other day saying it, and he's quite a linguist and he's he's got um, a good name and just in his own right. Exactly, and he speaks Polish, so he was like, oh, compared to Polish, it's all easy. So he was showing off on the telly. I was informed yesterday. Brilliant. You're from Belfast originally. Yes, I am. Yes, although my accent. Well, people at home are constantly complaining that I've lost my accent. But it's been um, whittled away over the years of living... Well, just living away from Northern Ireland, because um, I used to find I lived in Holland, as I mentioned, and I shouldn't say as I mentioned, because you don't put that in. So I'm sure you will. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) I lived in Holland uh, for a while, and just there, you have to just adapt your accent, because people just don't understand what you're saying. Talk about showers and R's and Mm. town and down. And Yeah, brown cows. You're always having to repeat (laughs) yourself, so you just learn... You just learn to soften it a bit, and then it's the same in England. It just gets softer. Yeah, Christine Blakely doesn't seem to have softened. No, she doesn't. Do you think she, oh, when you go back to Ireland, does, do, is she actually quite a soft Irish accent compared to people who live in Northern Ireland? I, her accent is quite strong. I, I yeah. well, I, I, no, I used to I worked with her years ago, oh, and right. to me, she sounds just the same now. Mm. So I don't think she's uh, altered her accent in any way, which mm. is you know good for her. But she gets quite I a lot say. of stick for it, I think. She does. Mm. It's a sort of a personal thing, isn't it? I mean, mm. I wouldn't say I've changed mine deliberately. It's mm. just been a case of when I was working a few years back. You know, I just felt I had to just to be clear. Mm. But but uh, things are changing and things mm. are different now, and people respond very differently to regional accents than mm. they used to. And I think yeah. good honour for keeping yeah. it strong. You know. And people love... I mean, she might get a bit of stick, but she's really popular and people love mm. her, so hooray, say I. Yes. And also sailing by, I can do a little version oh, of that. Oh, brilliant. That's very appropriate. Thing that you're the second one of on this program, <laughs> on this show, is uh, an anosmic. Oh, yes. Because in episode six, I think, yeah. we had Alice Bartlett, Good. who um, doesn't have a sense of smell. And, Cathy, I understand that you are, are similarly afflicted, if that's I the right way of putting it. Yes, I am. It is an affliction, actually. I think, I mean, people... Um, do you think of it as a bit of a joke when you say you can't smell, you've no sense of smell at all, and they go, oh, right, yeah, but you can smell farts, or, you know, oh, yeah, but you can smell... And you're like, no, can't smell anything, nothing at all. And it sort of takes a little while for it to compute with mm. people. Um, having said that, I have never had a sense of smell, so I haven't lost it. And so, mm. you know, it's Maybe not... that's better anyway. It is, it's much better. I don't, I don't feel like I'm really missing out. When we talked to Alice about this, she was saying that she uh, only found out because... Well, she she thought that people were sort of pretending they could smell or something. <laughs> That's it, exactly. She was saying that she, she yeah. was walking around the garden smelling flowers, and like really trying really hard to smell these flowers. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny because that's exactly the same as me. And uh, I remember as a child, um, just thinking everyone was making a big fuss, you know. And if um, people used to set off stink bombs in school, yeah. that's sort of aging me probably. But and that was the big thing. There was a stink bomb every week in our school, and everyone would be like jumping about and grabbing their noses and making such a big fuss, you know. But like. 
is all the fuss about? And it never <laughs> occurred to me that I was deficient in any way. <laughs> and it was only when actually I was quite old, maybe sort of 12 or 13, and my mum came home and um, we had one of these sort of gas heater things and it had obviously mm. just run out of gas and it was leaking a bit of gas. So my mum opened the door, all she could smell was gas, completely freaked out. And I was just sat there quite happily not unaware oh. so at that point she thought oh I think there's something, something wrong, with wrong. You. let's have you to the doctor but you do get like like Alice was saying she's got a team of people who s- smell milk for her and yeah. stuff when people <laughs> come, yeah when people come around I have to have them have a quick stick their heads in the fridge mm. and in fact one time a friend came over and he near I mean he nearly passed out because there was some <laughs> there was some bit of fish kind of lurking in the back that I'd oh, forgotten about no. he nearly gagged it was just you know so occasionally people have to have a little mm. and I always say to people if I smell will you you would tell mm. me, wouldn't you if, you, if I get a bit whiffy or anything. So I'm a little bit... I guess people are who, who are similar, you know, they... I, I tend to not keep food for a long time because I've no way of... Te- until there's actual mould mm. on it, I, do not, I don't mm. know if it's a bit off yeah. or anything. So I'm a little bit overcautious with food. And I suppose, as with your 13-year-old example, the... Um you know, things like gas leaks, you're just not going to know until, until exactly. it's too late. So I have um, sort of carbon monoxide alarms. Oh, very wise. Yeah, that's the only thing I've... Oh, good old technology. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing I have. I've got one in the bedroom and one in the kitchen. Right. You know, yeah. and that's it. And then, if you know, if I smell, that's just too bad. But at least hopefully I won't kind of <laughs> die in the night of gas. It's snack time and... Um, oh. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners, I haven't sprung a leak. I'm merely opening a bottle of, in, in accordance with previous shift run stop prophecy, um, Mountain Dew Energy has arrived in the United States. It's Kitchen. very bright. It's very it's bright. Like, look at that. It's that that's, not a, that's not an optical illusion of it being sunny today. That's like, it's the most f- f- phenomenally fluorescently coloured bottle. And this is, there's a, there's a bit of a history to this. You and like, do you, you want to? Yeah, I'd love have, some of this. Have you got a, have you got a glass liner? Yeah. I think I've got at least at least oh, two. Handy. Okay, there we go. No, that's right. Oh, it's not as bright in real life. No, it's, it's mainly well, the bottle. I mean, thank you. No, I mean, nothing could be that. It's <laughs> it, like that's an actual day glow bottle. Mm. But like, um, mm, I quite like it. It's quite um, it's like Sprite or something. It's like it's like a slightly heavy Sprite. Mm. Yeah, it's like Sprite that's got some surprising mixer in it. It's quite caffeiney, isn't it? Can you taste caffeine in drinks? Well, it's it's a slightly bitter taste, isn't it? Oh. Um, 18 milligrams per 100 milliliters, which means in a 500 milligram bottle here, uh, which you can, which I, I got for a pound wow. in a BP station, the Mountain Dew settles first. It appears in um, in BP <laughs> petrol stations. <laughs> that, like there's 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 something to do with the. Um, the condensational properties of a petrol station that like uh, that, that causes that it's, it's attracted to the Red Bull mm-hmm. they home they flock together it's well, a bit like refreshes it's that sweet it, it is it is it is it is, it is, it is like it, it is it is unnaturally sweet it's um it's up to 12 uh, 12 grams of uh, of sugar per 100 milliliters and, and that's that that's that's sweeter than almost everything except ginger beer and on the label it's described as mountain dew energy is mm-hmm. that um is this a special sort of mountain dew or is this just regular well because this doesn't seem exactly the same as american mountain dew i'm dew. glad you asked uh, <laughs> because what i have here is i believe to be the classic mountain dew although it's it's called mtn dew in this one i i think this is american mountain dew so let's we can we can do a little bit of a comparison this is just in a can 
So the total caffeine content is 54 milligrams, and we'd worked out that you could get... Um, on, 18, <laughs> 18, <laughs> 18 times 5 you can get 90 milligrams of caffeine out of one of those one of, the, one of our new UK bottles so 90 millis for the um, for the UK one and how much for the American just just, uh, just 54 but you know I mean I suspect the active dose of, of caffeine to be somewhere between like uh, about 50 and 100 milligrams so this has the, the luminous colour on the, in the liquid rather <laughs> yeah, than yeah. The yeah. it is but you, I, don't, I don't want very much I'm not ready for this you're, 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 you're trembling a little from the, from the last hit mm. I prefer the flavour on this one the American one tastes better to me it's a little bit smoother somehow I don't yeah. know I don't know what I like if that's a it might even just be the bubble size mm. they're, they're roughly the same temperature they're slightly cooled but maybe the can helps the bubble stay smaller Sort of sugar coating on my teeth now yeah. after two oh. sips. Matt, Matt. Tasty, tasty. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that's what that gesture is. I thought you were rubbing it into your gums. <laughs> <laughs> like some kind of coke fiend. Uh, so, um, well, you could try going, that. Oh, oh this caffeine's good. Mm. <laughs> anyway, the prediction is is that Mountain Dew Energy will become increasingly available, often, like, uh, often in, in outlets associated with travel. Mm-hmm. For instance, so like um, service stations, those kinds of places. I did see one in a in a regular um, news agent though in Cricklewood. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Cricklewood, notoriously lethargic borough. Like these are the people who need this mountain to yeah, yeah. energy. Perhaps if it's a success, we'll see other imports to this to this uh, to this country, this is, including yeah. the, the notorious Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh. Wow! Now. Code Red is an expression that I've only heard um, in the in the film A Few Good Men, yeah. where it's uh, it appears to be a, a kind of slang term for the m- m- Marines giving one of their number a hard time. But oh, look at that! Look, it's it's got a rich a rich clarity. Oh, it's uh, very uh, red, isn't kind it? Kind of oh, that's that. so it's I, like I, cherry coke. I, th- I, th- yeah. I, th- I think it's my. I mean, I don't know. I is don't know with a rush of with a rush of cherry. Is it stop, stop, stop? <laughs> oh, you're with better a, taster. With a rush of cherry flavour. No kidding. Oh wow! Yes. Oh, that's viciously sweet. That's like cough syrup. <laughs> Imagine carbonated cough syrup. I quite like the cherry flavour though. <clears throat> it's quite. It's like cherry. Um, those cherry um, strawberry sweets or lips. The, the lips that taste yeah, cherries. It's just like those sweets. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not. You're not convinced by code red. I think code red's over the top actually. I quite like it. I think because I, 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 I understand what it's supposed to taste of, and the other two I'm a bit but, confused by. Yeah, I, like, I, I, <laughs> I think that's sure, a, it's like Coke, but without the Coca Cola taste. It's like yeah, it is. It's cherry Coke without the Coke. Mm-hmm. It's just the cherry flavour, mm. which is that same sweetness, but without the uh, uh, caramel. That's quite odd, actually. So, and um, just 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 to wrap up this quick. Uh, beverage adventure um, yeah so I at the moment I had to get the Mountain Dew and the, and the Code Red the, the US Mountain Dew and the Code Red from, cyber, from the Cyber Candy shop in Covent Garden wow. at the same time I couldn't resist perhaps one of the most powerful energy, energy drinks of all time Star Trek <laughs> Romulan Ale <laughs> All right, and what are the what are the stats on this? Uh, the, if we were playing top trumps, what this would we need is, to know? Uh, well, it, it's uh, it's one of the it's it, it's a little Red Bull style can. It's mm. two it's two fifty mil. Nonetheless, it still manages to get twenty eight grams of sugar into that. Oh. So, that, that, so that's still more than ten grams of sugar 
in there. It's got some vitamin B6 and B12, which is nice. Bonus. And what about um, caffeine? Is it fully caffeined up? Uh, it's not. It's it's not endorsed by the United Federation of Planets. It's a warrior's but, drink. <laughs> um, it's war for sale. Cranberry juice. Is he a Romulan? No, he's not. But yeah, maybe he wouldn't say that because he hates Romulans. It, it actually, it do, it doesn't say. It's it's got the high fructose corn syrup, which is a bit of a. Uh, a hallmark. It, 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 it's got some sodium in it as well, which is it's it's. It's, it, it's a health <laughs> drink then, basically. <laughs> I, I, I was misreading this. I, like, I thought I thought it said that the drink was seven percent sodium, but um, <laughs> that's really how much of its daily intake. And I'm hoping colour-wise, this is going to offer us. Oh, wow. it's it's blue. It looks like mouthwash. It looks like antifreeze. It's, yeah, it does actually. Exactly. It's, it's a colour that just I, a tiny bit. Stop. It, stop. It's a colour <laughs> I, I associate with um, with raspberry raspberry WKD. It smells oh. like Red Bull. Oh, it's horrible. It's awful. It tastes of salt. Oh, my oh. goodness. <clears throat> it is a worry's drink. <laughs> it tastes like Red Bull with refreshers melted into it. Oh, oh well, I prefer it to Red Bull, No, actually. you can't. Red, like, what's Red Bull supposed to taste of? Cows? <laughs> oh, dear. Look at the colour. And you can only get this in uh, Cyber Candy? Uh, uh, Cyber Candy have a website. I'm sure there are other importers. Um, it's part of a range of, uh, of energy drinks that includes... <laughs> There were some video games-based ones, which uh, which may, maybe we'll we'll dig out for a future episode. I, I like, I, I mean, I say I've seen it in Cyber Candy. I actually won this in in a in a nerd pub quiz oh. called Nerdgasm on Facebook. So if anyone wants to <laughs> wants to take me on in that arena, kapla as the as the, <laughs> as the Klingons say, that's kind of a that's kind of a Klingon victory toast. I think I think it means you need, you need to know some Romulan now. Uh, I know, well, that, that's that's a minor detail, though. <laughs> I was hoping. I, well, no. Well, don't. The Romulans speak Klingon because they are related, aren't they? Oh dear. Well, yeah, like I, I believe I believe in the Star Trek universe that the 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 accident of all the, of everyone being a bipedal humanoid with kind of different forehead ridges, yes. as the Onion memory memorably pointed out. Is that everyone's descended from yes. an original sort of like seeding race? But is that yeah? There's an episode about it. But does that mean that? They, they, I can't remember. Oh, what it's called. I say, oh um, you, you know nothing about Star Wars. Star no. Trek, on the other hand, of course. just next to it in, in the library, in the, in the Dewey Decimal System. You're, you're a renowned authority all of a sudden. It's easy to get stuck on Star Trek though, um, before you get to the W section, yeah, yeah. because there's so much. There's so much. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a rapidly expanding universe. If I'm just chatting to you and I'm not saying anything very important, well, then I'll just be, whoa, and, you know, my voice will be all over the place and my hands will be flapping as they are now and everything else. <laughs> but if I had something really important to tell you, then I would be much slower, I would be very clear, I would be very still because, you know, I want you to hear every word. And it's, I think that's what it's about. I have had sort of training sessions in the past in various mm. jobs. And the... The thing that impressed me the most or made the biggest impression from that was the fact that the news story that you're reading might have nothing to do with you. It might be in a country you barely have heard of, but somebody somewhere listening to it, it's everything to them. I mean, mm. It's really important. When you realise that, then, you know, you've just got to give things a very measured weight. And obviously, the bulletins are written in a certain way. It's quite hard to read mm. a Radio 4 bulletin in another way because it's just written to flow. I mean, the way the information is presented... It lends itself. It lends itself to comedy as well. And yeah. as you say, this is this is what you've been doing with um, with Scott Mills and stuff. But um, yeah, and, and I mean, you must get you must get stories that are much more trivial, and you yet 
still have to read them in the same way. Mm. I was just thinking about that. Is it Charlotte Green and that she had that famous giggling fit, which was amazing. Do you worry about that happening? Yes, yes, constantly. (laughs) And um, because certain colleagues as well just really set you (laughs) off, and oh, it's awful. And World Service is a particular colleague at World Service who does amazing impressions, and he always he just does them just before you go on. You know, we'll just do an impression of somebody, (laughs) and you, oh, dreadful and. Per Charlotte was just a really unfortunate um, incident, but so so funny because you know she's mm. so measured normally and so calm. <laughs> it was just it was just brilliant. Um, yes, I worry about it all the time, yeah. and I've been very very close. And in fact, Seb Soans, the very same Seb Soans. One morning we nearly came a cropper. I can't. I wish I could remember now exactly. It was a Sunday morning when there are two of us together in the studio. It's the only time when there is. There was some program. <laughs> it's a nature program. Anyway, there was something. You know, things only need to be mildly amusing. You know how it is when you're in a kind of don't laugh situation. Mm. Things that aren't even that funny mm. are hysterical. And like funerals. Yeah, exactly, yeah. like church or whatever. And there was some funny, slight funny reference at the end of the programme to some act of nature. And then there was an announcement that Zeb had to make, which referred to some other, like, hilariously named animal. And that was it. I mean, we were just... I was sat with my head in my hands and I had I had a minute or two before I had to read the news at least but then I had to keep going <laughs> and it was one of those you know, the shoulders were going and everything was awful but um, but he held it together absolutely I mean we, we, but you just know we were just both on the point of mm. cracking and then when I started to read the news he just went outside so that I could get on with it it was awful and it was one of those even as I thought about it later it would make me laugh just thinking about whatever it was a bullfrog or something so Cathy you have a book in the pipeline uh, mm. is it called A Brief History of Tim it is um, it's my a, research is paying really, off yeah you've done really well um, yes, and it's another Twitter thing. I mean, Twitter has changed my life, I can honestly say. I don't do any other social networking. I'm not on Facebook or anything, but I, um, I do tweet. And so many extraordinary things have happened to me because of Twitter. <laughs> How can we find you on Twitter? Before it's oh, it's just Cathy Ka- Ka- Clugston. Okay. Yeah. And that's Cathy with a K and Clugston with a C. It is, and there's a T in it. <laughs> it does have a T, but no E. Well, yeah. two Ts. <laughs> and no E, yes. Um, it started off as one of those little games that goes around every day on Twitter where mm-hmm. people are doing funny film titles and funny TV mm-hmm. programmes and funny this, that and the other. And it started as a radio four programmes with a letter missing. Where did that begin? Was it your brain that, that initiated I that? I don't think so. I you're mean, credited with it. Yeah, but I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I think people have taken letters off things before. I don't think it's that... But, but the specific Radio 4... The specific 4 Radio 4, I think that was me. I don't think anyone had done that before. Okay. okay. So um, people then responded really well, and there were just loads and loads and loads of tweets coming in, and then it spread like wildfire because of um, sort of Radio 4 types. Mitch Ben sort of got involved with oh, it right. and went around all his followers, and uh, so it just became massive and after a couple of days there were like 3,000 <laughs> um, programmes they're really funny things they were like um, I'm sorry I haven't a queue was a very common one you know the antidote to snooker games there was um, In Our Tie Melvin Bragg discussing neckwear through the ages um, <laughs> oh there's loads um, Boo, Boo of the Week a scary story Midwee was another one <laughs> Libby Purvis sort of interrupted on the toilet um, so that went on and then it sort of just spiralled from there it got picked up by the BBC in-house magazine and then it uh, then I went on to Broadcasting House on a Sunday morning I was reading the news one day and they said oh let's do it on here it'll be a good laugh so I did it on there and then people listeners were um, 
emailing in with their suggestions. So that added even more. And then somebody was listening to it who just got in touch with me and said, um, well, quite bizarrely, they said, oh, I really love that uh, minus one letter thing. You know, here, here are my ideas. Let's meet for lunch. And I thought, <laughs> really not. Yeah, exactly. And then, then another email came about 20 minutes later saying, oh, yes, I should have mentioned I work for a publishing company. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yes, well, lunch would be lovely. So um, anyway, it turned it did. So then it just, he said, you should make a book out of it. And I sort of thought, oh, wow, would it really, mm, would that be, you know, I can't really do that would you like to do it because I don't really have the time for that and he said no 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 you must do it I don't have the time for it either <laughs> originally it started out as being a sort of a quite a high concept thing a bit like those you know like a novel with a letter e missing you know those mm. it was a bit like that he wanted it and I thought oh, I can't I just, I'm not clever enough I can't do it and then I thought about it and thought about it and eventually thought actually there's just loads of mileage in doing other things aside from Radio 4 in the same way a very long way of saying that's how it came about and it's now got um, some films and TV programmes a bit of history and and are these coming from your imagination all for me you? yeah the okay. only thing I've nicked are the Radio 4 ideas so right. um, I've put a, I have put a note in the book to that effect that they're not all my ideas in Radio 4 but everything else I, I just thought of myself so it was a a, a few months of very intense wow. <laughs> seeing the world with a letter missing which I'm very glad is over now <laughs> I'm sort of moved on and the other thing was on, on Twitter I um, I needed when I was putting the whole proposal together so before a, a publisher took it up or anything um, I thought oh, it would be really nice to have pictures because it would be really funny and uh, mm. I just said on Twitter oh does anybody anybody an illustrator out there and somebody said oh yes well a few people said oh yes I am and sent me pictures and um, so I found um the illustrator Tom McLaughlin who's fantastic well a professional illustrator it turns out and he's done the illustrations for the book and they're brilliant nice. so um, yeah it's, it's it's really funny because it's um, I haven't had too much to do with all the publishing industry yet but there's been there have been meetings and mm. things like that and proofs and all of this jargon and it's a whole world that I don't know and it's so exciting I find it so exciting you know dealing with all that world so the it's now kind of done and um, it'll be published in early October so there might be a bit of a, there'll be a Christmas bit of, market well exactly mm-hmm. just in time for Christmas absolutely yeah. I don't think you'd sell it at any other time really so. but I don't care I don't care if nobody buys a copy <laughs> I do not care because it's I've seen a little um, sort of sample of how it will look oh, and it's just so exciting to see it all there you know so yeah really looking forward to that Cathy Clugston joined us today for this episode, and she's lovely. Thank you for coming in, Cathy. My pleasure, thank you. Thanks, Cathy. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm in computers. You've been listening to Shift Run Stop. You can follow us on Twitter at Shift Run Stop. Visit the website shiftrunstop.co.uk and send an email to podcast at shiftrunstop.co.uk.